You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As always, Colts fans, if you like the show, not only download, subscribe, tell a friend. Let them know about the Blue Horseshoe Pod and leave us a review and let us know what you like, but also what you don't like. We want to we make this show for you. So if there's something you don't like that you want to hear more of or less about, let us know. We'll try to cater to you because, again, we are here for you, the Colts fans. So speaking of the Colts fans, George, it's interesting kind of to get a gauge so far the last 48, 24 hours hearing the Sam Ellinger news of him being the quarterback and kind of seeing the direction this team is going. Because it's really one of two ways here. You can either be in the camp of it's time to tank. This team's not very good. And let's just get off the court at carousel once and for all and, and just focus on now getting the highest draft pick possible. Or, hey, you're 3-3-1. Three, three and one. You're in, I believe, ninth place right now in the AFC. So just on the outside looking in. But again, you are a game, a half game out of out of a playoff spot. So you're still right there in the mix. You want to see Sam Ellinger come in and have success. What side are you on in terms of what is best for the Colts' future? Do you think they should still try to make a run at the playoffs because it's right there? Or is, is tanking and kind of and looking at the future for 2023 and beyond kind of the best thing for this Colts team now in 2022? Yeah, I think I'm on the side of I think it's almost too late to take. I think I think they've let too much time go through. I, I think it it's almost they're kind of on both sides of it now. There's a really big hill to climb to try to get into the playoff chase and, and make a difference in the playoffs. But there's also a really big high hill to climb to get high enough up in the draft order to to get a guy like Bryce Young, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, who who really feel like the true difference makers uh, in, in this quarterback draft class. Uh, and if you're going to end up t- taking a swing with a guy like Will Levis anyway, you know, maybe you're better off getting him in the middle of, of the round of the first round than, you know, getting him at number five or number three or wherever you might be. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I tend to be more. I think the best thing, you know, if the question is what's best for this team, I think the best thing for this franchise would be if, if a miracle happens, if Sam Ellinger turns into, you know, the the story of the year and looks legitimately like the future at that position looks the way he did in the preseason and, and, and has that kind of playmaking ability and, and is the guy. And there's not a lot of question about that because then you can move on to everything else you need to fix, primarily the offensive line and get off the quarterback carousel. The problem with that is I don't think it's a very realistic outcome. I think it's, it's among the, the most unlikely uh, of the possibilities, you know, the world of possibilities that are out there uh, of how this is going to play out. But to me, that's the one that, 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 you know, works the best for this football team. It's a tough question, right? Cause uh, you make a very valid point. Like we're seven games in, so it's not like, you know, if you want to tank all of a sudden, like, Oh yeah, we're still early. Like they lost, if they were, you know, after let's say week two and you're Oh, one and one different story compared to now where you're three, three and one again, closer to, you know, the playoff situation than you are right now. Let's the top of the draft. We put this poll out here on Twitter just to kind of gauge the fan base. And it's really interesting so far the results, George, at Ryan underscore Hickey number three and also GM Bremer on Twitter so you can find the poll question. 
So we basically kind of asked this question. Like, if you, as a Colts fan, what do you want to do? Tank, basically, or make a playoff run? 60% said tank for a higher pick. 40% say make a run to the playoffs. So it's basically almost 50-50, you know, per se, of Colts fans kind of split here of rooting and wanting Sam to have success and making a playoff run. And the other half is saying enough of the quarterback, you know, carousel, we get off, let's worry about finally getting the guy and then moving forward. I am entrenched in the camp of tanking. I'll be honest here. I'll put my cards on the table, George. I am in the game. I'll be rooting for the Colts to win. With that said, I hope they lose every game. I truly hope they lose every single game the rest of the year because I do think while, yes, tanking is not exactly a, a trend that has worked. And you can point to many examples of the Jets and the Lions picking the top three. And guess what? Never getting out of the top three and always being there year after year after year. So tanking is not just a, a very quick solution as the Jaguars as well, as they've always had trouble kind of getting out from underneath themselves really outside of one year. But when it comes to this team specifically, where if you are going to take a quarterback, and it feels like at this point it's almost a certainty the Colts will take a quarterback in the first round. I would rather the Colts, even though they're 3-3-1, and one, lose as many games as possible. Let's say end up with the 7th, 8th, or ninth pick, right? Like you said, number one, probably top three, probably top five, it's gone at this point. Unless you lose every game and you're 3-13-1, you can probably kiss the top five goodbye. But let's say they're picking, I don't know, in the late, late 10, 7-8-9 range. I would rather the Colts get there on their own rather than let's say they finish eight, eight and one and they trade up to number eight because the one thing I think this Colts team needs outside of a quarterback, they obviously have to hit on the back, right? But they also, I think need to keep as many of their own assets as possible to build a team around the quarterback. You look at a few examples and I brought up Justin Fields before. and I want to kind of bring up the bears one more time here because you look at what happened in that 2021 draft. They were 19th, I believe. They traded up to 10 or 11 to get Justin Fields. They give the Giants a first-round pick the next year for Justin Fields. So you get Justin Fields, and you look at the team. The offensive line sinks. They have no receivers, no tight end, like no real weapons for Justin Fields to throw the ball to. So you trade up, and you give an extra first-round pick away, and then you look after a bad 2021 season. Guess what? The Bears are picking in the top 10. They're picking number 7. The only problem is they don't have that pick because they traded up. So now the Giants are drafting an offensive lineman that the, the Bears desperately could have used. They desperately could have used the seventh overall pick last year for a receiver to get Justin Fields any sort of help. And now you're looking at a guy that it's tough to evaluate because he's been more bad than good so far for the first year and a half. But the question is, okay, he's had two head coaches. He has no offensive line in front of him, no receivers throw the ball. It's like, how much is it Fields, but how much is it what's around him? If you're the Colts, like, I want to try to eliminate as many question marks as possible when it comes to getting a young quarterback, whoever it may be. So if you are at least able to pick, you know, keep your picks, you don't have to trade up into the top 10, but it's saying you can keep your first round picks for, you know, 2024, 2025 and beyond. You need those picks to still supplement the team, whether it's, like I said, offensive line. They're going to have to obviously address offensive line in probably multiple drafts now to get it back up. Receivers, you know, you can always use extra receiver depth. They're going to probably need, you know, some more edge rushers to kind of, you know, get more presence in like a, a lockdown number one outside corner. These are all important positions the Colts are going to have to address, let's say, with the next two or three years, that it helps to have your own picks at your disposal instead of throwing them, I don't say throwing them away, but using them, I should say, to trade up because you decided to go for it. And like I said, unrealistically, you kind of just go through it at five and five or four and six, and now you're sitting there at pick 17, we got to try to compare to if you just lose as many games as possible, you're sitting there at pick number seven. So for me, I want the Colts, it's kind of twofold here, or really one fold. I just think 
for them, obviously, getting the quarterback is the most important thing. But I also think as well, if you can keep as many assets as possible to build this team up around that young quarterback, that's equally as important because we are saying this year, George, this team is not as solidly built and not as good as at least I thought coming into this year. There's a lot of holes that do need fixing, and you're going to need draft picks to help fix those. Yeah, you know, and I think Frank Wright kind of admitted that yesterday or Tuesday, uh, Monday, when he made the announcement about, uh, you know, the quarterback change. He said, he told Matt Ryan, we failed to hold up our end of the bargain. You know, we promised you a really good running game and we promised you a, a really good pass protection and you didn't get either one of those things. And that's basically just exactly what you're talking about. They weren't the team that they thought they were. And that's part of why the Matt Ryan experience, it's not part of it, it's entirely why the Matt Ryan experience experiment didn't work. Uh, and so now you're going to have to support that young quarterback the same way. You're going to need all those assets. I think that's, you know, it's a more realistic outcome that they end up getting that seventh or eighth pick than it is that, that Sam Ellinger is the, you know, next Tom Brady or, or whatever uh, you want to throw out there for, you know, surprising, uh, I guess Dak Prescott's probably a better comparison. If you want to throw Tom goal. Brady out there, Prescott's not as low a pick, but you know, he was thrown into injury and, and obviously, turn into a great story and the Cowboys were able to, you know, build around him. Um, I think that that's look to me. I think the best outcome for the Colts is if Ellinger has that kind of rise, because then you've yes. got the quarterback and you, and you keep all your assets. But I absolutely agree with you. The, the worst thing can happen is, is between the two things we're talking about. You've got to know one way or the other. He's either going to be so good that he's the guy and you can keep your assets and build around him, or he's got to be, get the team to a spot where they're bad enough that you can go get the guy. The other thing about having the higher pick and not having to trade up for it is if it fails, if you take Will Levis and he doesn't work out and you just use your seventh round pick, it's still bad and it still hurts, but not as much as if it doesn't work out and you gave up assets in future years. That's a, George, that's a hundred percent a great point. Cause you're right. Like it, it's not just hitting the quarterback, but it's also too, how can you build the team around him? And like another example, the Colts know this really well is the Jets. When the Colts had that 2017 year, Andrew Luck missed it. They picking third overall. Jets traded up. They gave, what was it, three second-round picks away. So not a first-round pick, but they swung a miss on Sam Darnold. The Colts drafted two all-pro caliber players in Quentin Nelson and Shaq Leonard. And it's like you see like how much, like even just moving up a few spots, how much that helped the Colts out in the moment and get we up to this year, you know, at least with Quentin Nelson, at least with Dar uh, Shaq Leonard, uh, cornerstone player. But you know, Quentin Nelson's kind of regressed a little bit this year. But again, two cornerstone players in the draft. Like the draft picks do matter. Having your own assets do matter. Because, like you said, part of the thing is like if it swings and misses, and more quarterbacks, you know, fail than hit. Like that's also not pretend like, oh, it's a guarantee the Colts where they pick is going to work out. Like honestly, you look at the odds; it's probably not going to work out. Like I hope that this team is good enough, and that's part of the reason why you want to keep your own picks is you want to put them in the best position to succeed. But you're right. Like if it is going to fail and it's 50, 50 proposition, well, at least having your own first round pick the year after, even if you're not going to draft a quarterback like that year, but you just have it so you can draft a offensive lineman or a wide receiver or, you know, a defensive end or, or corner. Like at least you could build your team elsewhere. You set yourself up in a position to where if you do have to get back on the quarterback carousel, two, three years, you are an attractive destination for a veteran or you can kind of get back and, and give that other rookie quarterback even more of a chance to succeed than the one the Colts probably take in 2023. So you're 100% right, too. It's it's twofold. It's getting the quarterback, but it's also making sure the team around him is good enough. And you know, I think Frank Reich hit the nail on the head and kind of foreshadowed what happens when you don't have a good enough team around the quarterback. It all fails. It all fails. And I think through seven games, we all saw that with our own eyes. It's like, I think Andrew Luck is not, there's no Andrew Luck 2.0. 
Right? Like, there's no Andrew Luck that's going to come in here, take over a bad team, and carry them to the playoffs with awful players around him, with no offensive line, with really no receivers to throw the ball to, no running back to hand the ball off to. That savior is, is once in a generation. So that, that whoever they draft next year, that's not going to be the case. And so, again, it's so important to keep your own draft picks in order to build up this roster so they have the protection they need to throw the ball. They have, you know, a defense that is getting after the quarterback and getting turnovers to give themselves an extra opportunity to maybe win the game. And right now, like you said, through seven games, this Colts team has more holes, let's say, than, than we thought. And you need those picks to be able to kind of shore them up here, not just this draft, but also in the next few years as well to kind of build a very well-rounded team to compete with some of the best in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing about it is if you end up in that seven or eight range, then you're in that situation where you never know. Weird things happen every year in the draft. As we get into the draft process, they start picking apart these quarterbacks. All of a sudden, you know, maybe Justin Fields failures make people shy away from CJ Stroud. Maybe the shoulder injury is something that, that becomes a problem for Bryce Young and they fall out of that top three where you think they're going to be right now. And if you're at seven or eight, you have a much better chance of hopping up to five or six or, or maybe they fall right to you. So I, I think definitely, you know, it's got to be one or the other. Either Sam Ellinger's got to be the guy and you can move on with him and, and you feel good about it, like legitimately good about it. Not like we were talking about the record's good, but you have a lot of questions. He's either is the guy and, and there's no doubt about it, or they're picking in the top 10 and you can go and, and get the future there. You're 100% right. That's where the season's going to come down to. Either way, like obviously – the best case scenario, you hit it. I, I hope it happens, but I'm just trying to also live in a realistic world here. I don't think Sam Ellinger is going to be Dak Prescott or or Tom Brady, right? Like, there's a chance, sure. Like, we haven't seen it, so maybe. But you're right. In the real world, the odds of that happening are very slim. But if that happens, great. But also, if it doesn't happen, then you want to make sure he's bad enough to where you're in a position to to, to uh, take quarterback. But also, too, no, we're not going. You know, we're not going to bring back Sam. The worst thing you said is be stuck in the middle picking in, in the teens, but also unsure is, his, is he good enough or not? And then, you know, kind of waffle and flake about whether you truly need a quarterback or not. 2022, like you mentioned, has to come down to getting an answer at quarterback. Either they have it or they know for sure they don't. One, whatever side of the fence, Colts fans, you want to be, because I think it sounds like we just gave you kind of the poll results. It's almost 50-50, 60-40, basically, of one to succeed or not. Either way, we just need an answer, and that's really kind of, I think, will determine this point a success or a failure of 2022 is that's even probably bigger success or, or you know, than even making the playoffs. I mean, like I said, if you have an answer at the quarter position, either way, so that would be a, a successful 2022 season, which is kind of sad that we're sitting there at week eight saying that, but that's where we are, George. That That's where you're at. If you're either going to get that answer in the draft as a result of the season, or you've got that answer in Sam Ellinger, then it's, then this is a successful season. I'm absolutely with you. And the worst thing that happens is he's Cooper rush. He goes out there and he keeps things, you know, afloat and, and, and the draft pick gets lower. The Cowboys needed that because they're in playoff contention. It was great for them. It, I think it would be bad right now for the Colts. Right. Cause even to Cooper rush, you, you watch those games. He's, He's okay. He's not doing anything special. It's just kind of like I said, keeping the ship afloat, but really not providing any sort of game-breaking action that says, oh, this is a guy going forward for sure. That is another bad, bad case scenario for the Colts for sure. Speaking of the direction, too, let's wrap up the podcast with this, George. We do come back here on the other side. Trade deadline is Tuesday, so it's rapidly approaching. What should the Colts do? Should they be sellers? Should they kind of stay the same and kind of see where the season goes? We'll discuss the plan of action for the Colts at the trade deadline when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. <laughs> 